How awesome is it today to finish the fast? Amen? Yes, I cannot wait. Um, what, what an amazing thing that God did, by the way, uh, through this three weeks, and just so many incredible stories, by the way, of what God did, and healings, and move, and, and just, I can't wait to just continue to share the stories if they come in, and just, just want to encourage so many of you. Thank you so much for all of you that took place in the fasting, in the praying, in our little prayer rooms that we did, in our living room worship nights, and reading the, the, the Holy Spirit uh, devotions for 20, just all that stuff. God has just done so many, uh, just incredible, and beautiful, and amazing uh, things in people's lives. For some of you, I just want to encourage you, if you're still here and you've been praying, you're praying and you haven't really experienced that breakthrough, it actually wasn't for my wife and I to the last couple days that we started seeing some of the things we've been praying for start to happen one after another uh, after another. And I just want to encourage you, when you take a seed and you put it in the ground, even though you put that seed in the ground and you cover it with dirt and you water it, you might not see anything break through, right? You might not see it break through that soil, but what is happening What's happening is little by little, those roots are breaking forth and it is beginning to grow and develop. And in a matter of time, that seed will break forth into a plant. And I believe it's a scriptural principle that you will reap what you sow. And some of you have started in these three weeks and you sowed that seed. And I'm telling you right now, you, it will not go in vain. God will begin to continue to do and work on your behalf. So don't stop praying and fasting. Keep reading the Holy Spirit uh, series, by the way, all the way, I think till next week is when it actually ends. And I'm actually gonna do one more week on more of God next week. Uh, we'll back wrap up our series on the Holy Spirit. So I think it's going to be a really, really special time. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, I want to welcome all of us from our Boynton campus. I love you guys so much. And all of you who stayed home because it's cold. That's ridiculous. It's 45 degrees or 50 degrees, but all right. Enjoy your coffee and hot chocolate and guilt at the same time. But um, and every uh, church at home, we're glad that you are here as well. And so um, today what I want to do is I'm going to wrap up a part of the Holy Spirit series. We're going to close it out next week on the Holy Spirit. But I want to walk up a part of trying to understand the power of the Holy Spirit and what the role he wants to play in your life. Because one of the things that happened when you gave your life to Jesus, which is absolutely incredible, is that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead, so the same Holy Spirit, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies. The Holy Spirit is doing a work in you by the same Spirit living within you. And so we've been looking at this idea and understanding this truth that the same Spirit that empowered Jesus to do all those miracles and walk with all that authority and power, the same Spirit that moved in the disciples in order to change the world, is the same exact Holy Spirit, God's personal presence, living inside of each and every one of you. And then when you give your life to Jesus, the power and the presence of what God can do in us is absolutely incredible. And so we looked at kind of three things that God's spirit moving in, like why would he do it? What is he wanting to do in our lives? And we looked at three things over the last couple weeks. Um, we looked at that God's part was he wanted to give you transformational power. He wanted to move the, the fruits of the spirit, the Bible says, Galatians 5, 16, that he wants to give you his love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his self-control, the ability to do what the right thing is and not be conquered or led astray by temptation. That that spirit is working in you and giving you the power to transform you, not just to a better version of you, but to actually allow you to walk in the power and actually become more and more like Jesus Christ. 
Christ. The second thing that the Holy Spirit wants to do, he wants to give you spiritual authority. We looked at the Bible, says the greater is he that lives in you than the spirit that lives in the world. And so that you actually have, because God is in you, the power and the authority over the enemy. You don't have to be a victim of the devil. You don't have to lose those spiritual battles. You actually have authority, not because of you, but because God in you over the enemy. And the last thing we looked at last week was, we looked at the supernatural abilities or gifts. And that God actually takes some of his incredible divine knowledge and wisdom and administration and leadership. We looked at all, like 16 of them, all of these gifts that are in God, and he gives them to you and I to help us not just ourselves, but actually serve others and make a difference in the world. And so we've been looking at over these last few weeks of all of the things, these are God's part of what he is doing in every one of us and every one of you. But here's the question I wanna wrestle with today, and I think it's so important, because I think for some of you, you might be asking this question, well, well, if, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, all that power, all that authority is in you, if God's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control are in me, then here is the struggle I'm having. Why am I not experiencing it? How many of you know a Christian that, that might have the spirit of God in them, but they, they're not as patient as God is? Some of you just go, I just look in the mirror, Right? How many of you know a Christian, right, that, that has got the Spirit of God in them but doesn't love very well? Or, or, or know a Christian, but they keep going back to that sin over and over and over and over and over again, and they don't seem to have victory over that. How many of you know Christians that are, are walking in this life of this world, but they keep losing the battles to the enemy? You see what I'm saying? In, in other words, it doesn't take very long to go, okay, wait a minute, God. So, so if these are all the things you're doing, this is what you promised the Holy Spirit. And I have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had and that the disciples, then why am I not walking with that authority? Why am I not experiencing the joy and the peace and the love and the power? What is the missing link of this? And so today what I wanna to talk about is not just God's part, but I wanna talk about your part or your role that you have to play to experience all of these things that God has for you. In fact, I wanna just make a statement to you and we're gonna explain this through the scriptures today, but here's what I want you to see. That the level of impact that the Holy Spirit has on your life, and here's what I want you to see, is your choice. And I want us to hear that. Why? Because sometimes we go, oh, well, God moves in. And just, you know, we have this idea that God possesses us. And a lot of us understand, you've seen in movies, this idea of possession. And so something possesses someone and it overtakes them and they have no influence or control. That's not the way the Holy Spirit works. And what you're going to see is the person of the Holy Spirit, when he moved inside of you, is that he will always give you a choice on how much you want him to influence your life, your relationships, your everything about you. And so what we're going to look at is what the scriptures teach us, that there are two choices that you have to make so that you can experience all the things we talked about the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to tell you this right now. The level that you get these two choices right in your life will be the exact level that you experience the power and the, pre the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's how, that's how these, these things are so important. And you're going to see this in the Bible. It's not my opinion. But these things are so important that these two choices, I want to encourage you so much. Those of you church at home, those of you in boy, these two choices are so powerful that the, the, the rate that you make these two choices is going to be the exact level you experience. The love, the joy, the peace, the power, the self-control, the authority, all of these gifts. Everything is going to flow as a result of you making these two choices. So here's the first choice that you need to make if you want to walk and experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what it is. Ready? You need to choose to fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. 
Now, what, what does that mean? Because I thought the Holy Spirit was, was in me. He is. The moment you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit does move in. But what you're going to see is what this means is not just the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but, but we're talking about the infilling, or you can say this, the influence of the Holy Spirit. So you think of it like this. Um, those of you that maybe have walked through rough patches of marriages or you've seen this in your life, you can live in the same home as a person, can't you? You can sleep in the same bed and still not have intimacy and connection and influence, right? And so what I want you to understand is that you can have this presence of God in you and you could not, you can choose to not fill or be influenced by the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible gives us this example and I love this example because it really helps you understand if you want to let the Holy Spirit, in, you know, fill yourself with the Holy Spirit, if you want to walk in His power, here's what you need to do. And I, want, I love the example the Apostle Paul teaches a bunch of Christians to do. And here's what he says. He goes, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. What is God's will for my life? Well, here's what it is. Don't get drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Don't, get, don't continually fill yourself with wine because that will influence your life in a negative way. And then in the same way, I love the example. Here's the parallel. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so he's telling a bunch of Christians at Ephesus, hey guys, I know that God's in you, but you still need to make the choice to allow him to influence or fill your life. And so I love the comparison he makes, and he makes the comparison between you being filled with wine and being filled with the Holy Spirit. So let me kind of explain this. Oh, and by the way, before anyone gets upset, there's actually not wine in this. This is blueberry herbal tea, just so you know, okay? So, so here's the question. So imagine here I pour out the, my quote-unquote wine. Some of you are like, that's not the color of wine. Well, you know that too well if you can notice that from here. I don't know why someone's clapping, but that's there's help for you. Um, and so what's interesting about quote-unquote wine, for all of you watching online and writing awful comments about me for drinking on stage, welcome to the, our world. But, but, okay, but here's, here's how this works, okay? I want you to process. What does Paul say? What is the example? He says, here's what I want you to When you begin to uh, fill yourself with wine, it begins to influence your life. Do you see, see what he's saying? And, and once again, does, does wine influence me when I'm holding it in a glass? Does wine influence me when I hold it right next to me? The only way that wine influences me is if I what? I consume it. And the more I consume the wine, the more it fills me, listen to this, the more it influences me. In fact, even in our government, what do we have? When, when someone drinks a lot of wine or substance and then they drive a car, car it's called driving under the what? influence. Why? Because we understand that the more you drink or consume wine, that what's in that wine begins to influence you. But listen to this. What does wine influence? And I want you to see this because it's, once again, it's the parallel to the Holy Spirit. Wine influences your emotions, doesn't it? You ever, you ever been around that person that drinks and every time they drink, they just, it's like a pity party. Oh, my life is so miserable. I just can't, this, I can't. And they just, and you, you turn to like, it's a counseling session. It's like, please don't drink again. I wasn't depressed, now I'm depressed and I need some. <laughs> or, or you ever been around someone, right, and they, they drink and they're, not, they're, they're like the life of the party. They're like, they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. They're that happy kind of drinker, you know. Or, or, or you ever see the angry drunk, right? And they're, they're wanting to fight everyone. They're, as soon as they get a few beers and then they're like, they're, they're just taking, but here's what I want you to see. What, what do we know is that the more we consume this, the more it influences what? Our emotions, right? But not just our emotions, what about our choices? Anybody here, you don't have to raise your hand, made a poor decision under the influence? <laughs> I said don't raise your hand, but you still do, that's great. That's... 
Right, you see what I'm saying? But, but we know it all the time. I mean, how many stories go, man, I, was, I came that one night, I drank too much, and I tell you what, I made the decision that altered a course or let, let so many pains, so many, so many bad things happen as a result of that choice. Why? But I did it under the influence, and it influenced the bad choices that I made in my life. By the way, what else does uh, consuming too much of alcohol do? It can actually influence your relationships. How many marriages and families have been destroyed? How many families just torn apart because someone can't break free of the influence uh, that alcohol has on, on, on their life. In fact, I, there was someone that I knew that I was in Home Depot on, uh, I think it was just Friday night, and there he was, homeless, and I, I knew him. I knew his father, and, and alcohol just taken over his life, and I ended up having to buy him Chick-fil-A, even though I couldn't eat it myself, and I, but I bought him Chick-fil-A, and, and you just see, it was heartbreaking, honestly, to see what happened, right? Because what happens, I want you to see, what is Paul saying? This is, I want you to see this, that the more I fill myself up, with this, the more it influences my emotions, my choices, my relationships, and ultimately my life. And then what does the Apostle Paul say? Hey, listen, I gave that example, not to glorify this, but I gave that example because you guys would understand it, to say, you have to do the same thing with the Holy Spirit. And the more, listen to this, the more you position yourself and your life to fill yourself or consume, once again, that relationship, spending time with who God is, His Spirit, then what happens? The more the Holy Spirit will influence your emotions, your, your, your choices, your decisions, and ultimately your life. In fact, look at the next verse of this. Notice what happens. Hey, and when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, notice how He begins to influence every arena of your life. You're singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. So, so you have this community and these relationships and there's joy and there's singing. You're making music to the Lord in your heart. See, there's a transformation in how you feel. Give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're grateful for what you have. And I want you to see the imagery because what you're seeing is as you're filling yourself up with more of God's Spirit, He's flowing out and you're now under His influence and He's influencing you once again, not for the bad, but for the good in every part of you. In fact, you see this once again um, found in, in uh, and I love this, look at um, Colossians 3.16, or, or look at 2 Timothy 3.16. I want you to see this. Because I want you to see, so how do we do that? And I want you to hear, so it's like, okay, great. So we need to fill ourselves with God's spirit. And when we do that, it changes everything. Just so we get it. But how do we actually do it? Like, what do we do to drink wine? That's easy. But how do we, if you will, fill ourselves with God's spirit? Well, think of it like this. It's like any relationship. And when you spend time with that relationship and that person, the more you're in tune with that person, the more that person influences you. Is that right? And so what is the first thing you can fill yourself with? Look at, look at what happens when you fill yourself up with God's word because notice what God's word sources. Every scripture has been written by the what? Holy Spirit. The breath of God, right? So when I'm reading the, the scriptures, I'm actually engaged in a conversation with the relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, it, God's word, will empower you. See, there's the power. By its instruction and correction, he will guide your life and lead you. He will empower you. By spending time in God's word, giving you the strength you need to take the right direction and lead you to deeper into the path of godliness. Then you'll be able to be God's servant, fully mature. He's transforming. He's and and perfectly, uh, perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment that God gives you. And I love this moment because what you're seeing is, hey, as I consume God's word, it's like being in a 
conversation. He is influencing me. As I'm reading God's word and filling my mind, I'm under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So he's then transforming everything in my life. Just like I'm drinking wine, as I'm reading God's word, I'm drinking in, if you will, the words of God, the words of the Holy Spirit. In fact, notice what it says again. I want you to see this again. Look at now, Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ, once again, which is the scripture, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Like I'm not just glancing at it for two minutes. I'm actually letting it dwell richly, lavishly. It's a big part of my mind and my life. And all wisdom. And then notice this. I'm teaching and admonishing one another. So that word admonishing, I'm encouraging one another. See, it's, he's healing our relationships. In psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. He's transforming how you feel towards others, transforming your relationships. Why? As I begin to consume the words of God, which are inspired of the Holy Spirit, he's transforming my heart and my mind. Do you see the principle? Be, you gotta be filled with the Holy Spirit. You, you need to make sure if all scripture is God breathed, if it's inspired, you need to fill your mind and your heart. And that's how you experience the power and the presence of God. In fact, I love this verse. We say this all the time at Journey. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't be who you're not, right? You're a son or a daughter of God with the spirit of God in you. But be transformed. And that word is used to describe when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. So it's a total transformation. Be transformed. And notice this phrase. By the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. And I love this statement because I love the imagery. I want you to see this. How are you transformed? How do you walk in the power and the goodness of God? What is it? You need to renew your mind. That word renew, you know what it means? They used it to describe when you would remodel a house and move furniture all around it. And they want you to see the imagery. As you begin to remodel your mind and you fill it, not with how you were raised, not your values and your thoughts, but you let the words of the Holy Spirit, God's word, remodel your mind little by little, what happens? It transforms your life. How are you filled with God's spirit? Well, it's like a relationship. You, you can't be influenced if you're not spending time listening. See, if you never listen to someone, that person cannot influence you. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. When you begin to direct your mind and your emotions and you're centering around, okay, God, you've written this book out. You've, you, you, you've, you've, you've helped, you know, with all these authors. You've inspired this. And the more I fill my mind with what you're saying, the more you're influencing my life. In fact, I remember... Um, you know, I, I gave my life to Jesus at a young age and, and, and kind of was, was a Christian, if you will, and I had God's spirit in me. But if I could be real, it wasn't until I was about 22 years old where I ever was under the influence of God's spirit. In other words, if you knew me, I was a Christian, you would never know about my choices, my actions, or my feelings. But something happened at 22 and 23 in that area of my life where I kind of shipwrecked my life, made my own choices. And I, I really decided to go, God, I need, need more of you. And so I started studying the scriptures. And I started studying, listen to this, hours every day. And every day on the way to work, which I had an hour drive at that point in my life, um, I would listen to the Bible on tape or sermons and every day. So I'm talking two hours a day. And then I would read the scripture. So I filled my mind. And what am I doing? I was renewing my mind with God's word. Can I tell you something? Over that 12 to 24 months as I was doing that, do you realize that God's word completely transformed who I was? that the anger I wrestled with was, was gone, that this, this self-centeredness replaced, was replaced with selflessness, that this, and this frustration was with joy and peace, and, and God transformed me. Why? Well, because I was filling myself with, with, the, with God's Spirit. See the principle? 
And see, the more I filled myself with God's spirit, the more he influenced my emotions, my choices, my life, and everything that I have done. And if you want to experience all these things we talked about, listen, the Holy Spirit's a relationship. But if you're not spending time listening to that relationship, if you're not spending time engaged in that relationship, being filled, then guess what? He's not gonna choose or he's not gonna influence you. That's why the choice was given to you. You need to choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God gives you the choice. He says, here it is, I'll give you my word, I'll give you all these things, but you've gotta choose to actually tune your mind, to tune your senses in and to consume, if you will, the Holy Spirit. So the first way we're filled is we need to fill ourselves with God's word. The second way we're filled, and I think this is big, is really what I like to call worship and prayer. And why is worship and prayer, and what's the similarity? First of all, um, in many ways, prayer is worship. So if you look at the Lord's Prayer, our Father out in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. What are you doing? So it's a proclamation of praise, even in the midst of prayer. When we're commanded to pray, it always would include a thanksgiving and a declaration of the greatness of God. Now, worship is when we just add music, if you will, and songs to that actual praise. But prayer and worship are centric to your experiencing or feeling with God. And what you're gonna see in these verses is how this actually works. Look at a few of these verses that connect you experiencing an indwelling or filling of God and worship and prayer. Notice what the scripture says. But thou art holy God, and thou inhabits, what? The praises of the people. And a couple words here I want you to look at. The first um, is the word inhabits. It's the, it's the Hebrew word yeshab. And what that word actually means is to dwell in a tent. It's like this idea that you'd, you'd, amongst all this flocks and the sheep, you would actually go inside of a tent to dwell in them. And, and, and the word, um, if you will, praises is the word tehillah, not tequilah, but tehillah. Um, and, and that literally means to sing songs of praise. And so I love this example. So, so essence what he's saying. Hey, as we begin to praise God, who once again lives in us, and we're singing praise and declaration, we're not just listening, if you will, to the Holy Spirit. We're proclaiming that. The imagery is, it's like that God comes in a greater way, and he sits down in our presence. He brings a greater sense of his presence. And what are we doing? We're filling ourselves with the presence of God. Through what? Through worship. You see, you see, you understand, how do we do this? I want you to see, why do we worship? Why do we pray? Why do we, why do we tell you to read the Bible and these devotions? What are we doing? I'm trying to do everything I can to give you this habit of this filling every day with God. Why? Because that's how you experience the power of God. In fact, notice this when it comes to your emotions. Look at this verse. The, it goes, for the garment of praise is for the spirit of heaviness. In other words, how do you replace the emotional feeling of like life is heavy? By the way, you ever have that moments in your life when it just feels heavy, there's so much conflict around you and the world seems to be going in a bad place and maybe your kids are doing this or your wife's doing this or your husband's doing this or your, your boss. And it's like, you ever just, and I love what God's saying, when your emotions are overwhelming and negative and cynical, you can replace those by what? By putting on the garment of praise. And as you what? As you begin to praise God and declare who he is, what begins to happen is you're filling yourself with what? The joy of the Lord. And as you're experiencing the joy of the Lord, he is now influencing your emotions. So he's replacing this heaviness, once again, with joy. In fact, listen to this. All throughout the scripture, what you see is you see this connection. When people would devote themselves to prayer and worship, prayer and worship, it's in the context of people going, okay, God, I'm tuning in, which means I'm filling up, I'm consuming you, and I'm praising you, and I'm praying to you. It's that's in which you see God move in incredible ways. In fact, look at this moment in Scripture. I want you to see, because there's a lot of them, but I'm only gonna give one, and here's, here's the one you see. 
after they prayed, and you can read the first part of Acts chapter four, they're not just praying, they're actually worshiping. They're making all these declarations of the greatness and the glory of God. So after they prayed and they were worshiping God, the place where they were meeting was shaking. So as they positioned themselves, they were all consuming God and they were praising him and they were praying to him. They were all, what's that word? filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they spoke the word of God more boldly. So what happened? So they were walking in their God, we're feeling weak, we don't have the strength, we're feeling fear. So what we're gonna do is, we're gonna fill ourselves up with your spirit by prayer and worship. And as we're worshiping you and praying you, you're, you're inhabiting the praises of the people, your presence, you're filling us and what's happening, and you're, re you're replacing our fear and anxiety with boldness and strength, or our weakness with boldness and strength. See the principle? See, see, listen to this. The more you begin to fill, the more what you fill begins to flow out of you and you're under the influence. Here, here's something I want you to think about. If, if I, if this was wine, people tune in online right now and they see this. So I have to explain it's not wine. Just welcome to my room. Okay, here we go. Um, if this were wine and I were to drink, listen to this. If I were to drink one glass a week, and every Sunday, I say, you know what, I get one glass of wine a week. Here's the question. Would this influence my emotions, my relationships, my choices, and my life if I only drank one glass a week? And the answer is no. If it's all you ever drank was one glass a week for the rest of your life, and you really stopped one glass a week, um, th th then it would never influence your, your emotions, your choices, or your life. Is that correct? Here's why I say this. Because this is exactly what we're doing with the Holy Spirit is what we're doing right now is, okay, here, God, here's what you got. One hour a week, here I am, all you. I'm using that an hour because I'm usually 10 or 15 minutes late. It's about 15 minutes, but hey, for 50 minutes a week, God, here I am. I'm gonna consume you. Every week, God, I mean, I'm here, well, not every week, but like 40 out of 50 weeks, I'm here. Not a full hour, but 50 minutes, but God, here you go, 50 minutes, three out of four Sundays, here you go, God. And we wonder, well, why don't I experience the joy? Why don't I have the power? Why don't I experience the self-control? Why can't I have victory in that area? Where's the peace that I'm lacking? Why do I feel such anxiety? Why don't I, you know, God, why do you feel so distant from me? Here's why. You see the principle? What, what Paul's saying, I love this example. He's like, listen, if you want to be under the influence, of, you've got to choose to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Some of you... If you want this more of God, here's my challenge to you. You've got to figure out a way to position your life in a greater disciplined way where you consume more of Him, more of God's Word, and more of worship. And only in then, listen to this, as you fill yourself up, will He actually begin to influence your emotions, your choices, your life, and your relationships. This is why there's the command in the Bible, you need to keep on being filled with the Spirit of God. So part number one, hey, God's wants, what's God's part? I want to give you transformational power. I want to give you spiritual authority. I want to give you supernatural gifts, right? But what's our part? What do we have to do? We've got to make a choice. This is the choice God gives you. We have to choose to position ourselves. We're being filled with God's spirit. We're cultivating that relationship, I think, through worship, through prayer, and his word. That's the first part. Now, I told you there's two choices. Here's the second choice I want you to see. The second choice is this. You need to choose let the Holy Spirit, and here's the big one, lead your life. In other words, choice number one, you need to choose to fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. Number two, you need to choose to let the Holy Spirit lead your life. You need to fill 
and you need to follow. And these are the two choices you need to make if you want to experience the power of God. And once again, not my opinion. Notice what the scripture says. I want you to see this first. So I say, let, notice the choice God gives you. He doesn't possess you. See the choice? Remember I told you? Hey, the level of the Holy Spirit you experience in your life is your choice. He says you need to let make the choice. The Holy Spirit guide, or what does a guide do? A guide leads. Lead your lives. Now I want you to understand this principle. I love I love the examples the Holy Spirit gives us to help us relate. Why do we bring a guide into our lives? Oftentimes we bring a guide in because a guide will know how to navigate and get us to a place or destination we want to go, correct? So, so I remember my, my father and I went fishing. I don't remember where it was. Was it California or Colorado? Went fly fishing. Mammoth Lake, California. There we go. Okay. And we went fly fishing and we'd never been there. We didn't know where the fish, we didn't know what, what lures to use when you're fly. We didn't know what flies to use. And so what my dad did is he hired a guide and says, hey, we're going to take you to this exact spot. Here's where the fish are biting. By the way, here's this, this, in this season, here's what the fish are actually biting and here's the place to go. See, a guide leads and directs your life. If you're going someplace that you never have gone before, what do you do? We open up Google Maps or whatever, you know, whatever map you guys use in your life. And what do you do? Well, I'm going to trust that all these satellites and all of this information and real-time data that's going on, they're going to tell me where to go, when to turn right, when to turn left. So what do we, so we use a guide to get us in a place that we want to go, and a guide will always know more than we know about the situation, or we won't even hire a guide. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. What's the one thing that would make a guide completely irrelevant to us? Here's the one thing. Here's what it is is if we don't listen to them. Right? Like, like, like if, I, if, I, if we go fishing and go, hey, I, here's the best place to fish. Here's the fly and the color they're using, to, you know, this kind of trout. And here's where you go. Yeah, I, I know you fish here all the time, but here's what I'm thinking. I like that river over there, and I'd rather use that fly. Or, hey, little, little thing goes on your Google Maps or whatever you use, and it says, hey, heavy traffic ahead, alternate route. Well, I mean, I know what the satellite says, and I see that, but you know what? Here's what I feel. Like, I feel like I'm not going to go in that direction. See the principle? In other words, I want you to see is this, is that you can have the greatest guide in the world, but if you don't listen or let them lead you, you don't get the benefit at all from the guide. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is all-knowing, all wise and all powerful. He is God. He, he knows everything. He knows how you're wired. Do you know that when he, God wrote the scripture and the Holy Spirit inspired these authors, do you know that he filled the scriptures with incredible wisdom? He's taught you how to, how to deal with relationships. He, he's taught you how to navigate debt. He's taught you um, how to navigate your calendars and your schedules and your priorities. The Holy Spirit's given you wisdom on how to parent, uh, how to experience great marriage. He, he's, he's, he's come to give you all these incredible and amazing things. But here's the question I want to wrestle with. So why don't we listen to him? Like if you look at the world, you don't have to look very long to go, yeah, we're not doing a great job following what, what the God's word tells us to live in our priorities, our life, our relationships, our money, everything. Like we're not, so why is it that we have access to the Holy Spirit in us as well as God's word that, that gives us all of this wisdom, he's all-knowing and all-powerful and, all, and most of us, yeah, we believe God's smarter. So why don't we listen? Okay, listen, listen to why we choose not to let the Holy Spirit lead our, guide, uh, lead our lives, right? So I said, the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. In other words, you won't have those bondages. You won't have those regrets. You won't have those bad choices when you let the Holy Spirit lead because he's all wise and you're not. But here's why we don't do it, okay? He says this, because the sinful nature, by the way, that's you, 
wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two, by the way, who's these two? That's you and the God in you. That means the Holy Spirit's mind, will, and emotions and your mind, will, and emotions, these two forms, are constantly fighting each other. Do you know that you fight with God a lot? And I want you to understand the imagery of this because what he's saying is this. Hey, when the Spirit of God moves in you and he has a mind and a will and emotions, not a force, right? He, he is the person of God. But you also have a mind and a will and emotions. And what he's saying is that the choice you have to make if you want the Holy Spirit to fill your life and bless you and do all these things is you actually have to choose to listen to his mind, will, and emotions, not your mind, will, and emotions. And let me tell you something. We don't want to do that, do we? Let's be honest. We want to, who wants to lead their own lives? Let's just be real. And follow their own feelings and do what they want, when they want, how they want. Right here. I'll never forget my oldest son. He might have been six, seven years old. And we were sitting there in the bed. And he's like, Dad, I just don't understand. Why can't I do what I want to do when I want to do it? I said, ask your mother. And I was like, no, I was like, that's such a, it's a brilliant question. He's like, I don't understand why I have to listen to anyone. Why can't I eat what I want, do what I want? Why can't I do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it? And I will tell you this, ask every single person that shipwrecked their life because it's exactly what they did. In fact, I love what the scripture says. I think we have this up here. Do we get it up, Isaiah? Yes. This is God speaking. He He goes, my thoughts are not your thoughts. In other words, that's why there's a battle. Because God's ways are not your ways. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. But he goes, I want you to understand something. The reason why there's in a battle is your thought, mind, will, and emotions are gonna want you to do differently than what I want you to do. But here's the beautiful part. Look at verse nine. Because hey, as the heavens are higher than the earth, just so you know, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I love God's fatherly heart. He goes, hey, this isn't like having a battle with your roommate where it's like, hey, we'll just compromise somewhere in the middle. One person might be right. You know? He goes, I just want you to know something. He goes, look up at the stars. <laughs> it's like 90 million miles up. He goes, that's how much smarter I am than you. <laughs> in other words, it's, it's not like you're in a, maybe in a relationship in your marriage or crazy. let's come together. Who knows who's really right? We'll compromise. No, God's saying, I want you to understand something. You're in a battle, but it's not just a matter of my will or your will, and there's not a big difference. No, it's not that we're just different. It's that my ways are 90 million miles higher than your ways are, but you're still not going to want to do them. By the way, look at our world. Look at the divorce. Look at the anger and the death and the debt and the wars and the division. and the. Look at what's going on. I'm telling you right now, this is the result of an entire human race going, I choose my will over yours, God. You go back to every pain in your life and every pain someone's done in your life, and I'm telling you something, that person didn't follow the Holy Spirit when they hurt you and they wounded you. And you look back at your life to those choices that have led to the scars and the hurts, and that's when you chose not to listen to the Holy Spirit. And here's what I want you to understand, but it's your choice. You see, you see what I'm trying to say? It's, it's your choice. And, and, and what, what he's saying is, hey, yeah, he's in you, but you still have to choose to fill or connect with the Holy Spirit through his word, worship, and prayer. Yeah, he's in you, and he has all this wisdom in, in his life. He wants to navigate you. But the reality is, you're not going to want to do what he wants you to do sometimes. But the problem with that is, is that he's a lot smarter than you. 
And not only is he a lot smarter than you, here's this verse that really, if you're in a battle with the Holy Spirit, and by the way, I've been in many of them, like if you're in a battle and you know this, you read God's word or you're, you're sensing a prompting of God's spirit and you don't wanna listen, let me give you a verse that is one of the greatest motivators for you to surrender your will and to make the choice to let him lead. And listen to what the scripture says about what happens in your relationship with the Holy Spirit when you go, nope, I'm not gonna follow you. I'll do my will instead. Notice this, look at this verse. Memorize this, do not quench the Holy Spirit. In other words, another translation says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. And here's what I want you to see that we often miss is that God will never leave you and abandon. His Spirit will remain in you forever. We'll talk more about that next week. And that God loves us unconditionally His grace. But here's what I want you to see. We're talking about walking in the power. We're talking about experiencing His love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, you know, and all these things. Um, and here's what I want you to understand. It happens when the Holy Spirit goes, I want you to do this, and you go, no. And when the Holy Spirit knocks on your heart and goes, hey, listen, um, don't let the sun go down on the anger, your anger. Don't give the devil a foothold in your life. Yeah, but you don't understand. I wasn't the one wrong. He was. And so I'm not going to do anything until he comes and sorry to me. Holy Spirit, listen, I want you to step out of this, my relationship right now. I'm, I'm leading this. See, see what that means? When we, when we don't listen, we're saying, Holy Spirit, listen, you're here. You gave me the wisdom, but you, you, you step out. I'm going to take control of this relationship. Hey, God, God I, I know what you say about sexuality, right? And that it's designed for a husband and wife and in, in, in the covenant of marriage. But God, you don't, listen, listen, you don't, I mean, I, I got needs and this is the, you know, we're, we're 2022 now. This is in the old times. And come on, I, this, like, I know what you say, but God, here's what, I want you to step out of that relationship in my life and I want to do it my way. Hey, God, I know you say, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, which means every single week you have a time, a day that's devoted for your family to connect with God. But you don't understand, God, like I got, my kids got sports and I got these chores and that's just been, like, God, I know what you said, but here's the thing. I want you to step out of my priorities and schedule. Hey, God, I, I know what it says my role as a husband is. I'm to, if you will, just really wash my wife with the water of the words. So my role is to be a spiritual leader, and, and I'm supposed to train up my children. But God, you know what? Here's the thing. I, I want to be their friend, and I'll provide. I'm going to let the church do that. So God, step out of that role of my life. I, I, know, I know what the Bible talks about for wives, the role of the husband should be actually over the, the, their influence with the kids or impact with the kids. But I'm going to continually prioritize my children over my marriage. So God, I know what you say, but you know what? I want you to step out of that area of my life. And here's, here's what I want us to understand. I just, I just want you to see this. It's not about God's judgment. It's not about anger and shame, but, but it's about this. And what you do is you take the all-knowing and all-wise and all-powerful God that lives in you and you literally push him aside and you quench, put out, what he wants to do in you. See, there's, there's a consequence to not listen to the Holy Spirit. And it's not condemnation or judgment, it's power. It, it means at the end of the day, as I make these choices, who's not leading my marriage? Who's not leading my scheduling? Who's not leading my resources? Who's not leading my family? It's, it's no longer God leading because I chose not to let the Holy Spirit lead my life. And I want you to understand the consequence that it is this power of God in you, the joy, the peace, the, 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 uh, the self-control and the authority, all these things that God wants to do is you quench and put out and you miss out. Can, can I be real real quick? Because I, I want to, this, this is a big thing. I think this is one of the biggest areas that prevent us from experiencing everything God wants is this right here. Can I tell you something? Some of the biggest battles in my entire life, I've actually been with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Because he always wants me to do things that I don't want to do. 
I'm just being real. In fact, even recently, there was a season of my life and the Holy Spirit was wanting me to do something and I did not want to do it. Like, I was like, I remember arguing, like, God, this person doesn't deserve it. Like, listen, I, I don't want to do that. Like, I've done that before. It didn't work. And God, I know what you're telling me to do, but I don't want to do it. And I was like this little kid, like, yelling, you know, fighting with his dad. And I was in the middle, I promise you. And days went by and I refused to listen to the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't do it because I didn't think it was right. I knew what God wanted me to do, but I chose my will over His. Can I just be honest with you during that season? Guess how much uh, peace I experienced? Not a lot. Guess how much joy I had in my life? Not a lot. Guess how much uh, intimacy I experienced in my prayer life? Not a lot. Guess how much power I had when things bad would happen just to not be anxious or angry? Not a lot. See, see, see what I, see, you see that decision? See, that, that choice seems so small, isn't it? It wasn't like a great sin. It was just a prompting of the Holy Spirit, and I just didn't do it. And yet what happened, I put that Spirit's power out, and I was no longer experiencing the benefits of the relationship because I pushed them out of, my, out of the role of leader in my life. And after days of this and finally, you know, getting to the point where I wasn't happy anyways, I might as well just do it. I kind of was in this fight with God. I finally go, okay, I'll do it. And I went and walked in obedience. Can I tell you, I'll never forget the next, next day I woke up and it was like, I had joy. I, I, I felt peace. I, I mean, I'm praying, worshiping, it was like, I felt like he's my best friend again. I, 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 things bad would happen and I was okay. And I was like, wow, why, what happened? Here's what happened, I made the choice to let the Holy Spirit lead my life, to stop quenching the Holy Spirit. And then what happened, I began to experience all of the power, all of the connection, the intimacy the Holy Spirit brings. Do, do you want to, walk in the power. Remember Jesus is like, hey, it's better I leave because man, God's presence, his wisdom, his knowledge, his relationship is gonna be awesome. And you, here's the choice you have to make, right? See, God's part is what? He's gonna give you transformational power, God's spirit, his, his joy, his love, his peace. He's gonna give you spiritual authority. You can take captive those thoughts. You can overpower those emotions and stronghold. He gives you supernatural abilities again to give you the wisdom you need. But your part is, you need to choose to fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. Fill, and you need to choose to let the Holy Spirit lead your life. And when you do this, let me just tell you something. His voice will get louder. His power will get greater. His peace will get stronger. And He will transform you from the inside out. And your part is to fill and follow. And I'm telling you right now, guys, listen, those of you in point right now, listen to me. For those of you that are going, I just don't know why, I just feel like, I don't feel like God's come telling you. It's those two things. It's either you're not filling or you're not filling and following. Because I promise you this, as you begin to fill and follow, the Holy Spirit will begin to lead your life and He will lead you to His good, pleasing, and perfect will and you will walk in His power and His grace and His peace and His patience and His goodness. And every one of you have this opportunity, but you've got to choose to fill and follow. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this truth. Thank you so much for just everything that you do in us. God, it's just so great to see what you want to do in every one of them. The same spirit that was in Jesus and raised is in them. And you want to lead them and guide them and transform them. So God, I just pray that we begin to take our homes and each other and begin to focus our lives around filling ourselves and choosing to let you lead and following what you tell us to do. And as we do this, God, may you move in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.